0: Welcome to Built Different, a podcast featuring teams, technology, and trendsetters who are changing the way that we build. I'm Grant Hagen. And I'm Brian Vizaretta. And we welcome you to join a community obsessed with questioning the status quo, creating cultures of innovation, and equipping everyone with powerful tools to quite simply build different. Well, welcome back to the Built Different podcast. Joined with Brian Vizaretta. I'm one of your hosts, Grant Hagen. I cannot believe we have finally made it all the way through season two. This is so fun. Uh, Brian and I were thinking of a really cool way to end this season. And the idea came up of doing a reunion episode. One, we didn't even know how many people would be interested in coming back. But Brian, we had so many folks that we had to do two different episodes.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's just kind of awesome to see that many people in the same room. And especially because you listen to each episode individually and just kind of seeing like everybody on the same Zoom was kind of more surreal, like especially because everyone's from a different company. So. Yeah,
0: it was just really fun. It was really cool to see everyone back. Uh, we had every episode accounted for, which was really just surreal. But we hope that you guys enjoy these two episodes, one this week and then one in a couple weeks. And then really one thing that we wanted to invite you guys into is our live stream. So, The final, final thing that we're going to close out season two with is a LinkedIn live stream. And Brian and I have been really excited about this one to be able to connect with so many folks that have emailed us and reached out. And we just thought it'd be a really fun way to end the season on a high note uh, to really share really all the lessons learned that we have and really a lot of the themes that came through uh, these different episodes. So that is going to be happening on July 13th, Thursday, July 13th. Circle that on your calendar uh, and look for more details on LinkedIn through the Built Different channel. Uh, we just get so excited to be able to reach out and engage with you guys uh, who have been listening. And so, Brian, uh, what gets you excited about that live stream that we're going to do here soon?
1: I guess, honestly, the the biggest thing is the repeatability of a lot of questions that do get answered, individual and emails that um, just bringing everybody together to kind of like talk about
0: different people's perspectives would kind of be nice. So. Yeah, Totally july 13th circled on your calendar put it in your calendars uh we get really excited so without further ado we are going to bring back part one of the reunion for season two we hope you guys are excited for this and we will see you on part two coming up in a couple of weeks see you all soon i would love to maybe just go around Real, i i don't want to take the assumption that you guys know who you work for uh and what companies so i apologize that we're 15 no, almost 20 minutes in and you guys have an intro and like got to meet each other so Hamza, I'll start with you, just maybe a quick intro. I'll kind of work our way around so you don't have to interrupt each other. So Hamza, start us off, buddy.
2: Yeah, Hamza Shinbari, Director of Innovation at Haskell in Jacksonville, Florida. Love it.
3: Todd Wynn, Chief Innovation Officer at Rogers O'Brien Construction out of Dallas, Texas.
0: All right, Miss Lauren.
4: Lauren Williams. Um, I'm a Regional Application Implementation Manager for McCarthy Building Companies. Just moved from BBC to corporate
0: IT, and where are you located?
4: St. Louis, Missouri.
0: Perfect, Mr. Evan. Hey guys,
1: I'm Evan Riley um, with Skanska with our Emerging Tech Group in Durham, North Carolina. Um, I know I'm relatively new to new to the room, but um, you know it's nice to meet some of you guys face to face. And I, I've been listening to the podcast at like 1.5 speed, so it's nice to hear you guys talk nice and slowly and.
0: Yeah, <laughs> man that's awesome love it uh mr trevor
5: Hi, i'm trevor johnston i'm the director of construction technology at xl construction
0: and we're in the bay area of california love it mr nathan
6: yeah nathan wood executive director with the construction progress coalition uh normally in denver colorado but currently sweating down here in austin texas
0: it's starting to get warm in texas uh mr anthony it is
7: Uh, Anthony Hartke with Turner Construction. I'm the VDC manager for the Mid-North region, so Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, and uh, Detroit,
0: Michigan. Love it. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Daly up there, the original host that somehow convinced Brian and I to take this on.
8: (laughs) Yeah, we said it's a good idea. It'll be fun. You guys should totally do it. Uh, no, you guys are way better at this than Chris and I, who consistently just showed up and sort of shot from the hip on conversations with customers. But uh yeah, hey guys, Matt Daly, uh, GM of the AEC group over here at Drone Deploy, based in San Francisco. Uh,
0: we got some slack from some listeners sending us emails and LinkedIn messages that people don't know Brian and I's background. <laughs> I don't... I won't go into it cuz we didn't really highlight it on any episode but I mean in Dallas I used to work at a general contractor here in town long time construction site and drone deploy user and somehow got bumped into Brian out of this whole thing and people call us the step brothers on this team which I don't know if I should like appeal to that or if that's a uh, not not the right phrase but it's been fun running it with him and um, yeah Mr. Brian <laughs> I am Brian Mizaretta.
1: I live in New York City now, but originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh work for a general contractor out there in, in like Grant, uh, longtime user of both drone deploy and instruction site. So I kind of fell into this role and interesting to see them both kind of work out together. So
0: love it. Well said. Well, like Brian said, we really do want to make it like collaborative and interrupt people and we'll do some fun editing on the back end too. But I think what the like two or three questions and I'll put these in the chat so you guys can think about some of them too. I'm curious if like, if anyone wants to start, um, just this idea of, uh, what stood out from like some of these other episodes that you guys have listened to, like Brian and I obviously took feverish notes, uh, both during, and then after of kind of summarizing things. And we have kind of some themes that stood out, but, uh, or if you want to take a stab at like what's happened since maybe your guys' episode of like things that, maybe you talked about that kind of stirred some things back within your own teams or your own company. And uh, I kind of want to start it there uh, to kind of see if anyone wanted to chime in and, and take some of those.
4: So uh, last time we chatted, or the first time I met you guys found out that my now new boss um, uh, knows Grant, you guys are like high school buddies or something.
0: We we'll yeah. go back a little bit.
4: Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I went to Groundbreak, I was a VDC manager and I just, I hadn't been to Groundbreak and I wanted to go. Um, and after previously going to New Orleans, like a month prior, I was sort of like, mm. last conference of the season, I was just sort of over over it all. And I walked into Groundbreak and it was like the coolest thing ever. I loved the energy, I love the conversation. Um, having I'm a avid pro core user and enthusiast. Uh, um, just because I, I think it's great, and i I like to break it if that makes sense. I like to use it or flex it in ways that might be not traditional. Um, because i I value the data integrity and the process that is inherent within the 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 platform. But, um, so I'm there, I'm there with my husband who works for a different general contractor, a competing general contractor in St. Louis. And so he's the director of construction technology there. So I'm like, I'm, you know, benefiting off of his VIP access to certain things. And I'm, I'm hanging out with, you know, our CIO and directors and vice presidents and whatnot. And and I actually had a, a little bit of an agenda at the time because I needed to talk to one of our vice presidents and really just make a sell for something that I wanted that I thought would benefit the company. And we ended up in a hour and a half long, nerdiest conversation you could possibly have about like data warehouses and, and integrated stuff and all this. And he was just like, you can't get this more than... Just normal people. I was like, well, I just am really passionate about it, and then, um, and then I got approached about joining their team as a like a a, they're restructuring IT, and they needed somebody to sort of oversee all the uh, implementation. So how we how we deploy uh, applications across the company, McCarthy, and how we. touch base with our project teams and, and manage best practices and, and uh, improve adoption and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, that sounds interesting. It's kind of what I do every day, just on a job site. And I come to find out that Ryan was like, well, yeah, we don't have any issues in, in central region because you kind of manage your own stuff. It's like, oh, okay. So I guess that's a good sort of testament to my skills. If I'm not bothering IT, that's probably a good thing. Um, and anyway, so I get a, a message. I wanna say it was either the the night before or the morning of, it had to have been late. I think it was like later at night, the night before. And he's like, hey, do you wanna do a podcast in the morning? I was like, sure, why not? And uh, we're sitting next to each other. I haven't spoken more than, I don't know, a, a couple of words with Ryan before that. And we just, we just had a great podcast. Turns out it was a job interview.
0: I think you're, uh, you guys clearly had some uh, some shared interest in a lot. It's funny to hear you say there wasn't a lot of issues in my region, and now now you're <laughs> probably doing more there that you uh, anticipated. So that was just so funny when when we released y'all's episode of like, oh, cool. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> think that would happen, and just cool to see how you guys have kind of continued to grow from that. Yeah. Um, me.
1: I mean, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. Like right now, like the entire industry, has everybody seen like new job titles pop out and like, even at, even at your own company, like, are you starting to think about, like, I mean, me personally, I never really saw the operational excellence, excellence role pop up as much as I have in the last couple of months. Like, are you guys thinking about new roles or titles at your organization? Or have you seen something that
0: you think is like particularly interesting to you? I see Todd shaking his head over there. I, I mean, that was, absolutely.
3: Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think for that
0: episode one, if you haven't seen it, Todd pretty much blew up his whole org structure. And, and I was going to
3: say, like, <laughs> that was my, my passionate topic. Uh, so Brian, you're hitting the nerve for sure. I think that it goes back to, you know, what got us here is going to get us there. I think that's what I said in episode one. And and I think that companies that aren't looking inward at the organization, they're they're missing the boat um, because really to truly capitalize on um, a better way and whether it be digital or some new process or material or hardware or whatever it is. I think that, um, I think that it's, you know, a lot of these things are being handed to people in positions that they're not really empowered to really take it across the finish line or or to even have success with it. So that's something we've been very focused on the last two years at RO is kind of what, what do we need to, uh, you know it goes back to jim collins good to great starts with the people it doesn't matter what you want to do first you align with you want to do it and uh that's where we've been putting a, a heavy focus so we have, we have three departments that didn't exist 15 months ago just uh just in the innovation group um yeah
0: well, i think your so book account fan. recommendation number is up to like 10 from <laughs> from your conversation so
4: Thanks, uh, you. uh, the person the like Person who's navigating this career jungle, companies that don't feature only highlight linear growth really need to dive deep. Um, my entire career, I started in the operations side, but I've kind of defined my own path. and And most of the positions I've had didn't exist, or I've blended the lines. and And I think that's the best opportunity to see your A players and, and really um, will help them feel fulfilled, but then also benefit from your company, benefit for your company.
2: I agree with with, with Todd and, and Lauren. I mean, we're seeing so many new kind of titles that pop up out of nowhere, right? So we've always hired schedulers, right? You get a scheduler and he's a scheduler or she's a scheduler and that's why they do. But now we have scheduling operations manager you know somebody that oversees how do we schedule what tools do we use how are we consistent across the organization so there's stuff like that that are, that are always popping up and it's not necessarily kind of just focused on the technology aspect it's really a workflow process approach um and a lot of people like they come come up to, to me saying is like hey you're, you're the technology guy or innovation right this robot gonna come and take my job i'm like no the robot is gonna Allow for better jobs for different job descriptions that we didn't even know existed, right? So it's it's just exciting to see the, the evolution of, of the industry. Well, R- well said. I'll,
7: uh, I'll I'll play a little bit devil's advocate first, and then I'll go back to 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 the good side. Um, so I think there, there's also you got to consider that there's a, a push with the with the labor market being so tight, um, and we're trying to keep people. We don't want to lose our best talent. So there's always that risk of you see the new titles. What does that title mean? Is it just a title we're throwing at somebody to make them think that they're special and we keep them around? Versus is there a job description? Is there a purpose? Is there something that this title represents? I think we always have had to make sure we're looking at that when we're looking at resumes, when we're looking at the industry and so-and-so to get a new title of the, the chief widget officer of XYZ. Okay, great, what does that mean? Um, so that's one, that's, that, I'll say that's my devil's advocate approach. On the good side of the conversation, um, I agree with what Lauren said. I mean, when I started out, it was a field engineer, became a BIM coordinator when we first started talking about BIM. Uh, and then BIM evolved into VDC because we realized we were doing more than just clash detection and models. It was 4D scheduling, it was logistics planning, it was um, figuring out how to get air handlers in and out of the building uh, on retrofits. Uh, so we started moving into this VDC world. Well, then that, that moved into photography and reality capture and laser scanners and drones. Um, So we started having this reality capture piece that was under the umbrella of BDC. Then we're getting into Power BI and data and analytics just because we have the models and we're dealing with data in the models. And that started bleeding over into the operations side out in the field with the Procore and and integrating between different softwares. So now there's this concept of digital practice, which is kind of overarching above and beyond BDC or or sideloaded replacing BDC. Um, Then we have an innovation department that got stood up looking at Started out thinking about, okay, how do we fix the day-to-day stuff, but then keeping our eye on that on the blue sky stuff, that long-term development, that five years out, 10 years out. What's what's our company going to look like in 30 years? What does construction look like in 50 years? And trying to stay ahead of that. And that's kind of where the innovation department is kind of moving towards. And there's a lot of, I'll say, quicksand, a lot of shifting sands, not quite sure what we're doing, why we're doing it, who's doing what. Um, so I think right now there's a lot of alphabet soup that's all kind of settling out. And we're starting to really understand what these titles are, what these roles are that we created for a purpose, but they're they're morphing and changing and shifting and really starting to settle into the organization structure.
1: Yeah. And I think some interesting I remember from your episode, Anthony, was like the timelines at which people work on technology. Like it's not just technology as a whole, but like, and I think Todd, we we talked about this too, is like, Like, is this person, do do they have a role that's defined within like the next six months and ready to implement now, or is this a five, five five-year play? And that's, that's pretty awesome to see like technology is getting broken out that, that much, even within roles at a company daily. Did you, you had something in there?
8: Yeah. I was just kind of curious, like to your point, Anthony, like what are the business needs that are driving these new roles and, Uh and, and and what, I mean, I think that's kind of what you're saying is, you know, we can create new roles and that's great. But it seems like we're in this moment where the in the construction industry is definitely has been in this moment, I think, for a number of years now, where it, it, the organizations are needing to evolve quite a bit um, themselves and, and therefore the talent and the roles and everything with it. So I'm just like kind of curious, what are the business scenes you guys see that are driving that? Is it purely we're digitizing and transforming? And that's what's driving a lot of this. What else is driving it?
4: I'll, I'll go. Sorry, I was physically raised my hand, not my emoji. <laughs> um I, I think it's um so at the core, we are in the we are construction professionals. We are business, the way we make money is that we we do buildings, we do construction, we put we our revenue is based on what we put in the ground or what we build. Um however. Everything that we do is process and management based. And so the more you can understand those processes and what makes them more efficient and have people that can balance between the two universes. So like, you know, uh, having an operations background, I've been in the field, I've, I've ran construction projects before, but I also have this knack for data and process. And, and I see what could be beautiful if you can merge the two together to achieve like not, not perfection because it's always evolving, but you could make data, the data that you get if you're maintaining or following the processes that are put in place is a powerful tool. You can be better managers. Um, you can you're just like a better decision maker, all that kind of stuff. And so ultimately, you know, better construction managers or general contractors with all that. So if you have people that kind of understand, can respect, I get it that you're in the field and this is a pain in the butt. And I, I don't, it, the fact that I have to click five times versus zero times is is a challenge. But if you can, if you can get them on your side, understand the purpose behind it and why it's powerful, why it's necessary, and what is enabled because of it, then the better we'll all be, and then and then we'll change the status quo. And now, what we'll like launch ourselves into whatever comes the next five or ten years from now.
0: Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a tomorrow. Um, one of the episodes uh, from Andrews Construction, they talked, we talked about the, like the history of technology, and we're like and 7 years ago we didn't even have an iPad and which is like crazy to think you know and, and now we're talking about like job titles and kind of how that plays in but uh
4: facts meeting minutes
0: <laughs> yeah seriously Not yeah. Ourselves and, shout, here, but... and sh-
1: shout out on the data nathan would. Yeah, i was going to say episode, nathan spice, here,
0: spiciest episode award i'd say which we, i side note and then nathan i'm curious to hear your thoughts one we'll send you guys all the metrics of like how your posts performed is actually really fascinating what posts performed differently anyway Nathan, from your episode, we haven't had a chance to tell you this yet, but uh, the quote with you and uh, Chara talking about dashboards somehow, don't know why, but on on Instagram, it just like hit the algorithm real and it got like 20,000 <laughs> views in like two hours. We don't know why. It went viral, uh, yeah. But anyway, just a fun kind of, and we'll send you guys some fun metrics for all your guys' stuff, but please
6: chime in. <laughs> Man, I got to get back on Instagram, it sounds like, um, but no, I'm just, just hearing this conversation. It made me think of It's actually called the digital transformation pyramid. If you want to Google the image, but there's essentially three stages of digitization, digitalization, and then that final digital transformation. And it fits perfectly with our industry because we're frustrated right now that we want dashboards, we want data. That's digitization that, as I was saying, is is essentially waste for the sake of getting data. Versus digitalization is everything Lauren and others are working on to within your own environment create efficiencies within the McCarthy within your business environment. Digital transformation is that next level of integrated project delivery or kind of new alternative delivery models that do met really maximize the whole and look at that systems level thinking. But I feel like so much of our conversations are are so far from that. Except that at the end we're like, oh man. If we only had that, that would seem to fix everything. <laughs> but Yet we don't spend our time figuring out why we're not doing those things like IPD and and uh, starting at square one.
1: So it's interesting you even say that. So we on season three we got to interview Brooke and Larry from Skanska, and when we were and even just like the consistency aspect of Evan, when we asked you what your process was for standardizing a process or implementing a new technology, word for word, Brooke had the same exact answer and they're it based, was scary. It, it was like scary. So they're based in Oregon and Washington and you are based in Raleigh. Right. So like, at, at least we're like creating those standard processes. Are you guys just all media trained that well, or is it, is it, is it truly like an internal process? Would you say is like pretty consistent? Cause you see some of these larger companies, you know, some, some regions sometimes act like their own, their own little uh, world.
0: Wow. Well, no, I would say we
1: work really closely together. You know, in all honesty, and uh, you know, that's we a all, that's a media trend answer. But all, <laughs> we all played a part in you know crafting what that what that process um, is going to look like, and as it's you know evolved over the last over the last year. So,
2: yeah, that's probably why we um, echoed each other.
0: I mean, that's an understatement. But way to way to be humble on that response. But it really was crazy because I mean, Brian and I looked at each other and were like, wait a second. is is Evan like in her ear or like, is there an earpiece there that he's like feeding some, I don't know, it was just crazy. Anthony, what do you got?
7: Yeah, so going speaking to the the concept of digitization, digitalization and digital transformation, uh, I was on an AU panel uh, last year um, and it was along that concept. And one of the examples I give to people, and this also speaks back to Matt's question earlier about what's causing this explosion basically. Um, and it's, it comes down to, you have companies companies have been doing things with paper for years and, and you, you move to these platforms now where I deal with folks, uh, using just for example, Procore, for example, and they want to, they want to put their forms in Procore. It's like, okay, well, well, what, let's build a form. Well, we just want to take this piece of paper that we made a PDF. That's our digitization. Now you want to take that PDF. And you want to put that right in the Procore, but you're not doing anything with the data. It's not going anywhere. It's a dumb form. You fill it out. It sits in a folder like you put in a file folder in, in a filing cabinet back in the day. So you got to get people to move from the concept of, OK, we're not just filling out paper electronically. We're now building our forms, building our data collection network and tools to, to harness that data in a structured way so that when we can take that data and we can start using dashboards and analytics and looking at it. But then the next step is using that to inform our business processes moving forward. How do we not just look at the data, but use it to forecast, use it to make business decisions to make us better. And that's kind of where we're trying to push towards. And I think with, with more and more companies adopting with, with BIM becoming kind of standard practice along the way with everybody moving on to the, 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 uh, the PM platforms, everybody's jumping on board to all these cloud-based systems and now the systems are starting to talk to each other. It's allowing us to, to access the data and we're starting to see the gaps. I think that's just kind of that, that drop in the bucket that started the, the tidal wave across the industry.
0: Yeah, well said. And at, at, Brian and I asked this in quite a few episodes and it feels fitting in this topic and, and here. And Trevor, I'm going to kind of single you out because I think in your episode, what I think just stood out and resonated not only on our team, but a lot of other folks was just like, kind of the tech's responsibility, right? Like you focused a lot about just uh, the CSM that you have and just the like value that comes from like the relationship that you have with a lot of your tech partners. But I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, and Trevor, if you want to take this one too, but like in this idea of data and where it can go and how it can talk with other platforms and just data interoperability, like what's what's the tech's, like what's our side's responsibility in some of that Um, in, in kind of from your perspective?
5: You know, it's it's interesting. So after my episode, I was a little bit surprised at how many people reached out, especially on LinkedIn. Uh, my inbox just blew up of people saying, oh, my gosh, I hadn't hadn't thought of it that way or hadn't thought about our relationships like that or hadn't thought of, gosh, you know what that really is. When I think about it, some of my best experiences with some of our tech partners is that CSM or the relationship we've built and you know how that helps the process. So, you know, if we talk about as we're growing and need to, to adopt tech or, you know, just have this digital transformation. I think it's really, you know, something that all of us need to be proactive in that reaching out. You said, how can you be a better partner? Well, really what I need is for you to be able to work with some of my other partners, right? I need, I need better solutions from multiple different angles, right? So instead of, you know, in this example, i use Procore, we all go to Procore and there's all this stuff in Procore. Well, what about outside of Procore? Let's say I'm using drone deployed instruction site, whatever. What other platforms am I using that maybe there'd be this bridge between or this link between that would make both of them a stronger resource for me or a stronger tool and can offer me more deliverables or enhanced deliverables, right? So how can we start these conversations? And actually, Matt and I just spoke about this kind of a little bit recently of you know, what are some of the other companies we're working with? And is there an opportunity for maybe some of your expertise to bleed into what they're doing or this this cross pollination to Get mutual benefit for both parties, and then me as a consumer of those, right?
0: Yeah, well, well said. I' <laughs> so fun here, and just people that reached out. I and I personally enjoyed that conversation too. Of just like, I don't know. I think it, to be honest, it kind of caught a lot of you guys off guard when we asked those questions of like, hey, like, what's our responsibility? I mean, obviously, we're here to you know, uh, kind of extract your guys' stories. But some of those answers were really uh, interesting, and and honestly, the folks that we've shared this with internally that you know listen and you know kind of and it's just really cool to hear how your guys's voice weighs a lot in in our team internally and hopefully other teams and other tech partners that are listening to of like hey it's just it's not just us expecting and putting all this stuff on the industry it's like hey we have a lot of parts to play and Nathan I know that's what you're pushing for a lot with you know bringing people that comes to you know your event and just the things that you guys are pushing to but any, any other thoughts to that from from anyone
7: I know we're going through exercises right now with a lot of our, our partners, um, uh, pushing for for let's say corporate agreements to kind of get access to to, to software. Um, but the I'll say the the openness, the 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 integrations that are are starting to take shape. Um, so when we first started out down the down the path of obstruction site and the the point and whatnot, it's like you had ecosystems and they're all these these, these ponds and that were not connected. And now with with APIs opening up, becoming kind of standard practice and, and either building those API connections internally or partnering with with the vendors themselves, i.e. drone deploy, uh, to start looking at how we can leverage what we're doing and have that information feed somewhere else. Um, I think for the industry in general, I think the the API development, we're construction companies, if you're not big or you don't have some whip smart a person who took some coding courses back in college, the, the average church company is not going to um, be able to to do that by themselves. Yeah. So leveraging the the companies that are developing these softwares to talk amongst each other's. Yeah, there's competitors, yeah, there's there's that whole market advantage. But at the end of the day, the customers need our data to talk. So rather than putting it in our laps to make your system talk to others, being proactive, uh, across the industry is so, to pick your, I'll say, preferred software partners, their different companies to, to make the integration work, make it easier for us to operate in that environment. That makes us want to gravitate towards those platforms more, because less effort on us, on the GC, on the, on the subcontractor, to make it happen ourselves.
6: It, and I, I think it's worth taking a moment to acknowledge and, and sort of celebrate that fact that, yeah, five, 10 years ago, the conversation was, oh, well, Audiosk isn't want to want to talk to Procore, isn't going to want to talk to whoever. And, and we kind of expected that. And, and you still hear that from people sometimes, but we all know inside our circles that that's a thing of the past. Like, And, and thank you to Procore. They you to construction inside, and early, early, you know, those and drone deploys one of the first apps on, on the Procore ad marketplace and to kind of see where that's grown. But yeah, we're kind of hitting this point where back to that pyramid, you know, Certain apps on the API, on on the app marketplace, you can use within your own company, we'll call it an internal integration, and you can work on digitalization efforts that way, but you're never going to really reach that digital transformation until you're using things like that Procore new format connector that's actually connecting an RFI between a GC and an architect that's going external between project stakeholders. And then I think we can really reach something special. So it's it's cool to see that we've hit that mark and it's really should just be the beginning of hitting the ground running and getting the industry to understand those nuanced differences when it comes to just, not just do you have an API or not, but you know what are those capabilities and do I even know what I wanna do with it as a customer? Those are some big questions. And I see Todd looking up in the air and I wanna hear what he has to think <laughs> has to say yeah, about it.
3: You know- What's interesting is like I, I gotta go back. One thing Anthony said that's real interesting to me is like we're builders, right? Like we're not app developers, we're not the software developers. And, and traditionally, I, I always I a hundred percent agree with that. And I traditionally always would think that, yeah, we shouldn't be hiring the developers internally in our company to map these APIs, creating our own systems of, of connection. But the thing that's changed my mind on that is AI. I mean the other day I was able to to create a, a script in 10 minutes that would have taken a full stack developer probably half a day to go read the API documentation of Procore to go read the API documentation of Office 365. It, it, what's crazy now is you can hire one or two full stack developers at your construction company, and you can actually have them empowered to operate as a software engineering department of eight or twelve. So I, I actually am starting to evolve my mindset and look towards really what I want from the partners is just well documented APIs. I need those to be very well documented so that I can go crawl the the, the documentation and. Create
1: the script that I need for my specific
3: workflow. Yeah, and I mean, jump off of that. Oh, go, ahead.
1: go ahead. You know, go. No, you go ahead first. Say so jumping
7: off of that? Not not only the API, because yeah, that's definitely something we need. And and I, I get where where Todd's coming from, where hiring one or two developers internally can 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 supercharge our efforts. But when you're talking about a a 15 person small contractor, th- that's that's totally. the while wow, while wow, the the biggest volume of work is happening with the, the biggest contractors, the biggest subcontractors looking at quantity of headcount. There are more people in the small contractor world than the big contractor world as a whole. And so Yeah, talk about the
3: trades. Even, yeah. Even so we've got to, yeah, we've got
7: to bring them along. That rising tide race all ship. I think I mentioned that in the, uh, in that, the that
1: was the mentioned in four episodes.
7: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but also to Todd's point, so not just AI documentation, but software documentation we're moving from this this industry time frame where where you, you buy a software and you use that software in the same state for five ten years and now we're, <laughs> we're using cloud platform software as a service and there's new features rolling out monthly weekly things are changing our projects are still at that typically in that one year three year five year time scale so by the time our people who are experts with the software roll off their project to the next project that interface could have changed completely on the next build, the next project. So having a robust, online, easy to digest and use um, kind of training program, reference materials, um, is, is so crucial. So our folks can get spun up quickly because we were, a lot of times we rely on these super users like myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I can only train so many folks and even I get out of date with the information. So having that easy to reference bite size as you need it information is crucial.
4: So do you guys not have any like like business analysts that like are, are over or in charge of those vendors that are staying in touch with their roadmap or the changes, their their business plan, et cetera, and how that's going to affect the company so that they can communicate it to the masses or a team that is responsible for, for implementing those changes? We
7: do we do um, for the companies, the, the platforms that we have corporate agreements with.
4: Yeah.
7: But being a 5,000 plus company, a uh, oh, person yeah. company, and, and projects will use whatever they need to use to satisfy whatever the client demands. So we can't service to that level everything that we use. So we, we pick our we pick our battle, we pick the key pieces yeah. and try to stay engaged.
0: It's just it's just so much that is hard. Yeah. Well said. Uh, Hamza, you had your hand raised far away, buddy.
2: Yeah. I would, I would totally agree with, with, uh, with Todd, especially, you know, I, I used to say um, we're not a technology company. Right. And I, and, and then now, now I'm changing it to, we're not a technology company yet uh, just because there is so much happening and we've seen, we've seen some precedents too. So like AE core that used to be called X3 builders uh, Ernest electrical trade partner, that they are starting from the ground up as a technology company. So they start with the technology first, they figure out that part and then they build a company around it to become builders. So now, now my mindset is like, we need to become a technology company before a technology company takes my place.
1: Once once, once drone deploy learns to self-perform concrete, you oh. guys better watch out.
8: <laughs> <laughs> totally counter. There's like Casey and his team at X3 now AE core yeah uh and you know coming and then there's like um Katera right then there's like the massive e- explosion in the sky of Katera of technology companies i feel like the idea that construction needs to become technology was completely set back 10 years by, by Katera yeah. um and <laughs> and so like that would be the proof point for why you don't need to be a vertically integrated yeah. technology business is cuz they exploded but i do really like what what uh, AE chorus last and, casey and those guys anthony are doing
0: guys this is so fun i think the best part is seeing your guys's reactions to other people's comments no joke like i could probably sit back here and just the head nods and the smiles and the the, the plus ones honestly that's what this is all about it's so cool uh to be able to bring you guys all into the same circle and same conversation and and we hope it's one of many. I mean, obviously we hope you guys, you know, stay connected and we'll find fun ways on our side to still stay connected to meetups at uh, conferences and get togethers too. But thank y'all so much. This is incredibly fun, incredibly insightful, and, and honestly, just super humbling. Uh, at Brian said it earlier, the money in this room is a little bit absurd <laughs> and we were probably on the lower end of that. And we appreciate that you guys gave so much of your time just to Help uh, educate, encourage others, uh, spur others on to you know connect with uh, each other. And um, I, I usually don't like to have the last today, Brian. Any thoughts that you want to add and, and and wrap us up I, here?
1: I just want to say like the built different has become larger than a podcast, and it's it's organically becoming our community and spun out of the emails and the I mean even people reaching out to each of you and just any of those stories that you can always get back to us. We love to hear those and. You know, we're, we're working on something right now in in the background. I kind of like really make sure we have a really, we we keep that community extremely true to what the mission is. And um, I just look forward to kind of just continuing these conversations and and bringing people like you guys together.
0: Thank you guys again so much. Uh, I'm one minute over and I, and I I don't (laughs) send me a bill for one minute of y'all's time. I know that would still outweigh (laughs) us here. Uh, but seriously, thank you guys so much. Uh, look forward to staying connected with, and please share if you guys have, uh, you know, folks that um, like, like Brian said, if you have stories and things that came up, we love hearing that stuff. We we don't hear it often enough, uh, but we love hearing that. And it just keeps us motivated to do some stuff too. So the
1: the last challenge I'll leave everyone here with is check out an episode that you would, you may not have necessarily listened to if somebody else in this group or one of the other groups and just reach out to them and just have a combo, like, if people aren't in this group or not connecting and talking to each other, then we we have failed at kind of what the reason, what the podcast was for. So make a new friend if you haven't talked to someone and, and and just
0: connect and share some stories and, and good times. So thank you, everybody. Thanks you guys. All right. Thanks, Thanks team. You. Have a great rest of your week. I look forward to seeing you guys in person again soon. Make sure to subscribe to Build different on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Let's build this community together.